Beyond Hood and Evil. We're your hosts. I'm Mike. That's Chris. What's up? Hey, what are we getting into today? Man, you already know what it is. It's Beyond Hood and Evil. And for today, for the evil of it, we're going to talk about, this sounds crazy. I know we be talking about like more introspection and stuff. Generally on here, you know, we talk about our experiences, the black man, you understand? But today, man, we talking about something real important, divorce, man. We're going to talk about that good old-fashioned Aisha Curry, Dale Curry, divorce, man, because that's nuts, you know what I'm saying? You and me, for 33 years, man, you just wake up one day saying, you know what, it's over, man. Somebody getting disappeared. You know, that's all. I'm just putting it like that. Somebody disappearing. It ain't going to be me. I need to be here. I'm important. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's a message for everybody that listen, man. And then for the second one, we're going to talk about uh, responsibility and what age did you feel like you became responsible for yourself? Like when your autonomy as a person began. Um, so, those, and that's probably for the more beyond of it. I know, you know, for me, it was, it was you know, it, was, it wasn't even a journey. I was thrust into leadership. So <laughs> that's what we, that's what you're starting with it today, man. So I'm, I'm going to jump in real quick. Uh, what it's like Russian, Chris. I don't like to inter- interrupt your your intros because they they usually fire. And today was no no exception. But it wasn't Aisha Curry and Dale that got divorced. It was Sonya Curry and Dale Curry that got divorced. Man, they all look alike, man. What are we doing? <laughs> it's, a big, it's a big incestuous family, bro. They all got names that sound similar. They look similar. They talk similar. They walk similar, bro. Like, look for, like come on, bro. What are we doing? Like, they that's a weird that's a weird situation they got over there. Like, imagine, you know, Steph Curry got all the bread in the world. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, well, you're right. Never mind. He wasn't he wasn't Steph Curry when he met his wife. He was just happy to have somebody, bro. But like, not even I'm talking. I'm throwing mad shade. I gotta watch what I'm saying, bro. <laughs> anyway, but like, if, if I was Steph Curry, you know, what I'm saying you gonna find anybody in the world. You find somebody like that could be your sister. It's like, bro, mm. like that mm. look like that look like you. Like, what, what you trying to say? What you telling me right now? <laughs> that girl, like, she, that was your wife. That girl you dating, bro. She like none of his friends tapped him. Say, yo, that look like you, bro. Your kids gonna look like your cousins and nieces, like. Bro, what you doing? And that's exactly what I'm talking crazy. Anyway, uh, yeah, let's move back to the topic, bro. Uh, I uh, what's the name? Sonya Curry. Sonya Curry. Yeah, Sonya Curry. Man, she divorced and Dale Curry. Man, and it's it's nuts. So I don't know if you want to get some backstory before I get in it because I already told you my take, bro. Like you know. Yeah. So for folks who don't know, there's a Hall of Fame NBA player named Steph Curry, uh, plays for the Warriors, and he has a brother who you may not know, uh, named Seth. Curry, right? So already too close. And they are sons of a former NBA player, not a Hall of Famer per se, but had an illustrious career. And his name is Dale Curry. And Dale married a baddie back in the 80s named Sonya Curry. I just, I, I had to, because this is, this is public knowledge, Chris, that, mm. that she's the baddie in the family. Mm. And so they've been married since what, 1988 or something. Okay. And news dropped a couple of days back that Dale Curry and Sonya Curry were getting divorced. Mm. And when we think about it, Chris, the reason why this has relative importance for me, but significant importance to like people who care about bullshit <laughs> is that the, it's not like quintessential maybe is not the word, but they were like the perfect family, right? It, specifically like black family, mm. right? Black yeah. dad, black mom, had kids. They were all successful. Then they... The, the, the parents were successful. The kids went off and were successful. They married other people who are successful. Like, I think their sister is married to an NBA player. So it's just kind of all in the NBA family, all in the family. Like, it's it's wild. They kept their money in the family. So probably makes sense why they all look alike. I do think that's, that's kind of wild. But that's the backdrop. They got married in 1988. And there was some news that, you know, Sonya 
you know, found her a new man. You know, a former NFL player. Trash. But then Trash. other news came out <laughs> that, you know, Dale had been cheating on her all throughout his 16-year NBA career. Obviously. Go ahead. <laughs> so when I hear this, you know, am I not mad or disappointed at Dale in his 16-year career for cheating on his, his wife? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, bro, you did that. My thing is, though, y'all didn't break up then. Or at least we don't know. Y'all didn't break up then. You stayed with the man for another 17, 20 years. And then you cheated on him. You got your get back. And then he held you accountable. <laughs> like, nah, you can't do that. So I'm just a little bit confused about what's going on in their relationship because you got both of them doing it. And now they want to say the reason why they're breaking up is because they were both cheating on each other, saying that they didn't tell each other about it. But apparently they all knew about this in the same way. I think there's a lot of family issues here that we don't really know about. And because they are like the perfect family, we're getting like little droplets of it. And it's not enough. It doesn't make sense to connect those dots. But all I'm going to say is, Sonya Curry back on the market, you know? And um, well, actually, I don't know if she's back on the market. I think she's with the football player. But it's crazy that they get divorced. And then my hot take for this is that Steph Curry will have the worst year of his life <laughs> in the NBA. He's going to be missing every bucket because everybody just want to talk about his parents getting divorced, cheating on each other and all that. And he ain't going to be able to focus. So, you know, that's the tough part. Man, that's a lot, man. Listen, man, this is what I got to say. Last week, what I say, I said, man, if she cheat, she for the streets. If he cheat, it's just the cheeks. That's the thing. Like you, you Murray, an NBA player in his prime time of his life, not the prime time of his career, not the prime time of his fitness, not the prime time of him earning potential. You marry him when he's in a prime of all of those things. And you think this dude who met you, flew you out, smothered you out, basically said all that to you? Like, like he wasn't going to be out here gallivanting and carrying on trying to spread his seed far and wide when he's an NBA player? Like, he a Christian. Nobody like to talk about this. Jesus was up on the cross. He had a woman washing his feet. If that's not some player pimp stuff, if I ever heard this, <laughs> hey yo, while while I'm up here crucified, bro, you know what I'm saying? I got you. I need you to come and wash my feet, though. Like I need you to come wash my feet. You know I gotta still keep it pimping, even though I'm up here and these Romans got me down bad. They don't know I'm about to come back on their ass. You know what I'm saying? But hey, hey, you come wash my feet, Mary Magdalene. You know what I'm saying? That was a, that was the the Lord. You know the Lord, the sneaky link of Jesus back in the day. You gotta read the Bible, man. <laughs> Like even even in the pictures and stuff, the historic paintings and stuff, it's a person in there that's an apostle that's not really an apostle. It look a real feminine. They be like, who is that? That person look real feminine in all these pictures. They always in this picture, but they, we and they used to think it was Peter or Paul, one of them. You know what I'm saying? What and then the, and the other Beatles that you don't really know. You know the Ringos or whatever. But hey, Chris, let's jump in for a second real quick because yeah. I like this little tangent on Jesus having the sneaky link because one of my favorite books actually is this book called Lamb L A M B by Christopher Moore. Yeah, And the tag is that it's the gospel of Jesus Christ, according to Biff, yeah. his childhood best friend. And Biff is a wild boy. Kind of like you, Chris. He's a wild <laughs> boy. And he tells the story of Jesus Christ from his early years that we kind of, quote unquote, know. And then he, you know, went dark. We don't know what happened to him until he reemerged in his late 30s, quote unquote. Mm. So that time span between where he learned all those things, like some of these magical tricks that you're saying, they referenced in the Bible, we get the backstory of what actually happened. Yeah. So this was actually how I learned about many things in the Bible. Some, cause a lot of things they referenced, I was like, Oh, I heard this before. And it connected some dots. Cause you know, I was never really a Bible 
guy. I never yeah. really not a religious guy. So this is the closest thing I got to it. And this book is hilarious. It's dope. I read it multiple times. So Mary Magdalene and all down the sneaky lake is definitely in this book. So I just, I just wanted to give a little plug there for a book if you're looking for something to read this summer. All right. Um, yeah, man. That's one of the books that Mike and I actually bonded over when we was in college. We first met each other. Like that was the mm. first one of the first fires in the iron. I mean, one of the irons in the fire of our friendship, man. I remember you talking about Christopher Moore. And I was like, I read that. You read that too, you know? And then I remember we talked about it a little bit. That was a point of conversation. Um, anyway, but back to this debauchery that's been had with Aisha Curry, you know what I'm saying? Stepping out on her husband at 33 Sonya years. Sonia you know Curry, why you want to talk about Aisha so bad? Man, I don't know, bro. They, Aisha, Sasha, they both light skinned with light eyes. What I'm supposed to do? Like, they look similar, bro. Like, I don't all know. All black people look alike to you? All black people look alike to you? Chris? Not all black people look alike, but some people, some races do look alike. And I'm not getting into that this conversation, man. But some races do be looking mad, bro. Listen, bro. Y'all need some mixing, bro. Like, y'all be looking similar. Like, it'd be hard. It'd be hard. Um, but, but yeah, anyways. Sonia Curry, you know, the Curry Thank that you. no one knows about because she doesn't, she was just the housewife of Dale Curry. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, well, I'm just saying, you know, because you know me in here, man. And it's on here, man. I be in my, my toxic bag a lot. Like, because it's toxic like, I, I could be, I could be like super, <laughs> like, I could try to be like, oh, yeah, she's just, you know, awakening in her sexuality and she no longer wants to be seen and viewed as a, as a, as a side part or a partner. She wants to be seen as the lead role. She's no longer a sidekick. She's having her sexual reawakening at 57. What? What? And I'm not saying there's not some bad 50-year-olds, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know who 50, I don't talk in my head, but there's a lot of, old, I, personally for me, you know, I've always mm-hmm. liked older people, you know what I'm saying? That's been kind of, in my life, that's a that's a thing. So it's like, I get it, why you, someone want to be an older woman, you know what I'm saying? They got more experience, you have more conversation, all that type of stuff, you know? More experiences, hopefully not as hot-tempered, I get it. And clear expectations. Yeah, that too, because the more because they know they're on the time and, you know, biological clock, all that. You know what I'm saying? It's a thing. Like, I'm trying to settle down. I ain't got time to be playing with you, bro. So anyway, it don't really make sense to me, though, to break up or cheat on it and then move out of it, move out of the, on your husband down to be with a football player, man. It could, I just know, man, I'm going to end it with this. It couldn't be me. Like I said, man, first things I'm asking, how big is this dude? First thing I'm asking myself. Because I'm, he athlete, I'm an athlete, but it's levels. You know what I'm saying? Is this, mm-hmm. are we talking about uh, a Peyton Manny? You know what I'm saying? Are we talking about, you know, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers? Or are we talking about DK Metcalf? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We talk, are we talking about uh, 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 Sean, Sean Taylor and his prime? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Are we talking about, we talking about uh, uh, Champ Bailey. Are we talking about uh, prime time, then um, Deion Sanders. I, I'm not saying Terrell Owens, because Terrell Owens, is, to me, he's he's not big. Like, he's he 5'11". He's solid, and he's wild, and he's strong, but he's still 5'11". So it's mm-hmm. like, if it came down to it, I know I could put on more masks than him, so I wouldn't have a problem washing them. But if it's like oh, a DK okay. Madcap type person, bro, you know what I'm saying? I got to get me jumping them. Me and me, you be jumping them. Me and Kate, we jumping this dude. What are you talking about? I'm fighting you with one-on-one. You, you bench press the whole gym. You know what I'm saying? You some, you know what I'm saying? Brock Lesnar looking up. Like, you getting jumped. You know, so you, look, you better hope I don't bring a, a, some some brass knuckles to really mess you up. Like, what are we doing, man? I was promising, I'm promising violence. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not threatening violence. I'm promising violence. It's just going to happen. I got the, I got the income and the ability to end up wherever you are. I'm taking, I'm taking, it's like enough, but just for revenge, just the revenant. Like, I'm taking classes, all that. I'm getting my moves up. So what's the move that I can do? What can I touch him? He just go, uh, uh, no. And he just be froze up. So I can really start mixing them. You know what I'm saying? Start mixing them. You know, going to the body, breaking his ribs up. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I'm talking about. I I, I, I don't know about all that. Oh, yeah, it was an amical. 
it was amicable, you know. She she I cheated on her 16 um, back when I was in my 20s, and now she's finally, you know, getting her get back with this guy that got drafted the same year I was drafted, you know, since we were married. And I just had to be give her her freedom. Fuck that. Nah, man. <laughs> what are we talking about? 32 years, you took the prime time of my youth, prime time of my life. And the same can be said for her for him to her. Like she while she was in mm-hmm. her prime, you she was at home keeping her knocked up with babies. Smart man. But um, you know, she <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying, but it's it's just it's just it's just the fact that it's supposed to be this big situation in which you know it's supposed to be a lot of understanding and mediation, and it seemed like this understanding and mediation seemed nuts to me. Even the fact that on the on the TV they had a little pre pre game or whatever, and Dale Curry had to watch Sonya Curry with another man all hugged up on him and stuff. Man, that could, I couldn't do it, bro. I could not do it, like. Imagine you you somewhere and you see somebody that you used to be with hugged up with a new person. Well, that's going to happen, Chris, because according to sources, and, you know, my source is Yahoo. I'm just going to mm-hmm. let y'all know. Um, apparently, they will continue to co-parent. Who? Right. And my thing is, I'm like, what are we talking about co-parent? Your kid's grown as hell. They even got babies. So y'all ain't parenting. <laughs> like, I mean, like in that sense, like rearing your ch- your children and like raising them to be strong. You're kind of just at this point, like checking in. Like, yo, how's it going? You good? You need any advice? <laughs> like, you want to come over for dinner? Like, you're not like truly like co-parenting in that, in that sense. But they also say co-parenting like their grandchildren, right? They're going to be there for each other. So yeah, Chris, when you go to, um, I can't think of who Seth plays for right now. Last time he was playing with the Sixers, right? Yeah. I think he, yeah, he's playing with the Sixers. I don't know if he left, but you showing up to a game, she gonna be with her new boo. No, right? You go see Steph playing in 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 uh, San Francisco, she gonna be with her new boo. No, yes, no, yes, no. You gonna, you gonna tell me that I can't bring my new boo to the game out of yes. respect to you? Yes, if, if if I'm a father and I raise my sons correctly, yes. Like, what are we talking about? It's not supposed to be <laughs> room for other men in your life. Like, I am him. What are we talking about? Like, so he can't bring a new boo then. The, the father? Yeah, he can't bring a new boo. I would, so, so this is me and my my very twisted rigidity wow. of, of how I represent oh, things. Okay. Get to this it. is this is how I represent things. Like, if we y'all are my grandparents, right? If, so I, I'm a I'm a man, and I, and some some for some reason in my marriage failed. Like I would I would hope that never happened. I get married, I ain't trying to get remarried. But like you know, your marriage failed, and y'all had kids. You know, y'all had a beautiful family, whatever. Y'all shared a beautiful experience together and made countless memories that you'll never forget. Somehow, some way, those memories don't outweigh the the, the failings of the relationship. So now y'all separate. We we now 57, both of us 57, or you're a little bit older. You 60, I'm 57, something like that. You know what I'm saying? You know, because that's how as I go. But like, you know, three years, you know, I, I'm not trying, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, it's it's you, 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 you a little bit older. We 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 going our separate ways. And then now we gotta figure out what we're doing for Christmas. The kids say our kids now have kids. You mean to tell me they gotta have two Christmases, which is what the kids would love, but it's like they only know grandma and grandpa. They don't know grandma and her boyfriend and grandpa and his girlfriend. I don't want you, I wouldn't want to bring my family, my kids around somebody that I'm just seeing. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Respect. I respect like, that. You, know what I'm, you see what I'm saying? So it's like, again, like even with this game thing, like she at the game with the next man, to me, that's a little, mm, and I'm not saying that for, I'm saying that for Dale too. I'm not just saying that for Sony. Okay. I'm saying that for Dale too. Like you, you're going to be at the game with your son, like your son's playing. You trying to be supportive. And now they looking up, hope, wishing they could, thinking they're gonna see their father, but they don't see their family unit. They don't see that that strength that kind of supports what you're saying. But at the same time, 
uh, I think that's I think that Steph Curry gonna have a solid year because he got Clay back. You know what I'm saying? I think it's gonna be like, yes. you know, I, th- I think he gonna have a solid year, and it's also gonna prove that Steph Curry is actually a sociopath because I think Steph Curry. <laughs> Is actually, um, I think Steph Curry is actually a sociopath. Like he got ice cold, he got ice cold blood. His heart don't beat because he be the way he plays. It's it's, all, it's evident in the way he plays. It'd be like one second left. He has to do throw up the three. Like what, why y'all up by ten? Like y'all up by thirty points? You gonna still put the other three in there just to get the stat? You a savage animal. Like he'll do it in your face and then start dancing and shit. Like what we doing? Like you a, you a jerk. So yeah, man, that's where I'm at with it. They might have four Christmases. Because, yeah, think about it. First, they got, you know, well, they got Christmas with their mom and dad. So I'm just talking about the grandbabies, right? They got their mama, Aisha, <laughs> and their dad, Steph. And then you go to, you know, Steph's parents' house, which was Sonia and Dale. And then you go to your mom's parents' house, maybe, for Christmas, too. Like, see, you, get, you know, you got two sets of grandparents. Now those two sets of grandparents are split out the foe. Yeah. Potentially. So actually, you might get five. My math was wrong. So all I'm just saying is for these kids, they already got bread. They're going to have multiple Christmases and holidays. I'm not mad at that. My thing is, Chris, show up to the game with your new boo. No. Because I don't care. I'm going to show up to the game with my new boo. You want to know why? Because it's a basketball game. And when you go on dates, one of the dates we're going to go on is a basketball game. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to show off and show you my superstar child that's out there getting buckets on the floor who's a Hall of Famer. This is a part of the family that you're trying to be a part of. So show up and show correct. <laughs> no, you're different, bro. And if they're doing that, which is the only reason why you're taking them to a game anyway where you're going to be on national TV is because they probably put in the work where you don't mind being seen with them publicly. So I don't care because at this point, they both uncheated on each other. So I don't feel bad for neither one of them. They both got mad bread and they both got, they're still a part of a really successful family network. And I'm talking about generational wealth between like literally every generation is fine. So in this case, I'm just like, these are personal matters. You'll figure that shit out. Ain't really no real beef. It's just with your parents. If you have this idea of what your parents are supposed to be like, they're supposed to grow old together and die in the same bed next to each other at the same exact time and shit like that. Yeah, that's broken. That's not going to happen. But I'll tell you what cures all is that your mom going to be happy. Your dad going to be happy. You got bread. Your family's happy. Your kid's happy. So all of that stuff is going to be swept under a rug after a while. And if it's not, it's because of immaturity. But yeah, I I think we've seen that this this, this family is, is pretty solid. So I think they'll be straight. 100%. I don't think so. I don't think so, man. You know why? You know, like it's it's just a, a matter of like a chair is still a chair, <laughs> even when no one is sitting there. A room <laughs> is still a room, even where there's nothing, nothing there but glue. And now I think I call your name, like all that. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about. You know what song I'm talking about? A house <laughs> and this house is not. Is that Luther? Yeah, man. That's what we talking about, man. That's what. That's exactly where I'm at with it, man. Let's not. Let's not pretend that this house is about to be a home. It's not. It's not a home because you would not with a wife. You're not with your husband. Y'all separate. So it's like Mm -hmm. either they must have not liked each other for a long ass time, or you know what I'm saying? Because it's like to do that type of after 33 years. Y'all 33 years. You don't know nobody. Well, you shouldn't know nobody else. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But if you the way they making it seem so amicable. It's like, man, they've been this this is a fact of life. Well, she had a sneaky link. You know, she was meeting up, you know. Started moving in Tennessee. To Tennessee. Yeah, you know, she's she been in on Tennessee. Who, on who's down? Again, who's down? On whose car? My car. You know, 
You're not about well, to. I'm not about well, to be they married. You. So is nope. both. They I hear what you say. I hear exactly what you're saying. You're not about to be meeting no other man on my dime. What are you talking about? Am I a pimp? <laughs> Am I a finance? I'm financing your lifestyle to look great to go see the next man. I think not. I will. But on the flip side, Dale was only able to go out creeping every other night because she was at home taking care of the household. You mean mm. with the with the maids and the babysitters? <laughs> Sonia Curry ain't aged a day past forty. Like, what we let's be real. Like, she look about forty. You know what I'm saying? That don't come with you spending time with your kids. It just don't. It just That's don't. Right. She's been That's keeping right. herself up. Spa dates. Hair still look good. Not great. Not a not a lick of gray. Not one. Skin all mm. looking. She got that little weird shiny skin face thing that old people get when they got bread. What we talking about? Like she, you act like she was in the house cooking dinner. No, no way. Black it's didn't no crack. Way. Black don't crack. Black Sonya, don't crack. She black. She black. <laughs> <laughs> yes. She don't look black to me. She look like she. She like. She, come on, man. Let's be real. Sonya Curry is not no black person, bro. She's some type of mestizo or anything. If not just a real tan white woman, what we talking about? I think she likes him, bro. That's, I don't that's, think she likes him. That is. I don't think she's biracial. She's from Radford, Virginia. She's from Virginia? Knew it. I knew it. I could have knew she's from the DMV. That's where she finessing this man. <laughs> <laughs> don't have no well, information about her when how she grew up. And that's okay because Chris, you know, what I'm hearing here is that she's gonna be now off on her own, and Dale is gonna be off on his own. And they're gonna have to learn how to be independent from each other and kind of grow up. Right, similar to what we all have to do at some point in our life, which is is grow up. So, Chris, at what point did you realize you're like, yo, I got to grow up and I got to be, you know, quote unquote, independent. I got I got to get out here and really take care of myself. Like, when did that happen for you, man? You talking about being responsible? He need to be responsible and get her to disappear. Anyway, because uh, <laughs> she's talking about something she want alimony. Just my last thing, she want alimony for what? For what, bro? Why I, now I got to pay you? Why you would you would have ended her play? Let him, let him pay for you. You know what I'm saying? Let him pay. What we doing? I don't know, bro. Dang, man. She was some old uh, Jason Momoa looking dude. You seen the dude? Nah, I ain't really looking Long up. neck, bullet head, square ass shoulders, man. What the fuck? You already know what's happening over there, man. Your man on that on that Roman. He on that that Rogaine. He on that uh, uh, TRT. He on that, that uh, that uh, what's that, Jane? The, the Dollar Shave Club. He on that little um, Manscaped. He, that's what he, he just look like the type. He is groomed. You know what I'm saying? He's he's ready. He's ready. He's he's older. He hot and ready. You know what I'm saying? And she hot and ready, like a little Caesars in that joint, man. That's nuts. She all laughed and laid up. They show Seth Curry face. He's just looking. I mean, Dale Curry face. He's just looking, looking all lost in the sauce in the mix. You know what I'm saying? Just thinking about all the times. Thinking about Aaron Hall. All the the places I will kiss you. The places I will dig you, yeah, with all my love. Like, that's what he's thinking, looking at Sonya Curry. She just laid it with the other man, hugging him, doing the little thing. The girl rubs your shoulder when you funny. You know what I'm saying? She doing all that. But anyway, I guess you you off that topic now. You want to go to the other topic of response. Oh, I'm just looking him up. And I don't know if I don't know if I'm pulling up the right the right person. But, but bro just look like, well, first of all, he's white. And yeah. he just looks like an executive. That's yeah, exactly. that's what I just said. That's exactly what I was saying. <laughs> on the Roman, on the Manscape, on the on the Rogaine, on the, all the all the stuff, bro. Your man's on all the pills that keep your youthfulness about you. Cause I ain't gonna front and be like Dale Curry's a prize. Your man look, he look like a better ways black dude. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not, but you know. Anyway, I guess once you do, once you go black, you do go back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, back to uh, what I was about this responsibility. I guess I was like. I had to be a little boy. Um, it was the I think it was when I realized that no, nobody gonna wake me up to go to school. 
Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like me and my brother, we had to wake ourselves up to go to school. Like we sat all along. It's like our mother woke us up the first day. And then the next day, I remember waiting to be woken up. You know what I'm saying? And it never came. (laughs) And I was just like, huh. I want to go to school. I want to get my education. So I guess if I want to get those two, I want to eat. I want to go to school and I want to get my education. So this could go two ways. I could wake up late and miss breakfast and go to school and be hungry, which means I would be waking up probably around uh, 7.30. Or I can wake Mm -hmm. up every day at 6.30 and make sure I'm up with enough time to wake up, take a shower or wash my face at least, do my hair, pick up my clothes, and then walk down the street. So it's like, that was what I remember. That was like the first real responsibility I had. Like I had to wake up every day. And then eventually it just became a fact of life that I would wake up first. So I would wake up myself and I would wake up my brother. So it's like, it's just something that I always used to do. And I was like that, even in like high school, all the way up to high school, like I generally would wake up first and I would go to the bathroom first. And then I would make sure I had my time in there and get everything ready. Then I wake my brother up to make sure that he good. Um, and that's that's just a fact of life. So it's like, since I was in what, six, <laughs> seven years old, I kind of had agency over my life. Like, yo, what am I gonna do today? And it's been like, it's been that way since then. Like that was the first step. But like I said earlier, like thrusting their leadership, like it's like nobody else is going to do it for me. I got to do it for me, which is why when people were so confused by the rigidity in which I way I carry myself and move is because those things were essential for me to be successful. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like wake up, wash your face, keep yourself clean, be presentable. Those are things that you had to do to maintain your freedom in society in a way, because if people, you, you, you down bad, too bad in school, they're going to call CTS or whatever that is, you know, the Child, child Protective Service, CPS. Mm-hmm. They're going to call them on you. You know, you come to school stinking every day. You know, man, what's going on, Chris? Because it's not like I wasn't a well-liked individual in my school. Because you know me, I'm a bastion of greatness. You know what I'm saying? I'm a, you know, I'm just, a, I'm a, I'm a bright individual. You know, teachers love me. You know, the kids, they, they like talking to me because they know I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fire starter. You know, I like talking trash. I'm good at talking junk. I can draw. You know what I'm saying? I'm charismatic and magnanimous. You know, it, it, it just made sense. But you can't be charismatic and magnanimous with dirty clothes. <laughs> You can't, you can't be that way, true. you know what I'm saying? Your breath stink. You know why I want to talk to your hair all looking crazy, looking disheveled. Those are things. That's why when you met me, it was like, Chris, you really be trying to keep yourself together. It's like, that's a thing. Like, I've been doing this since, since, like, since the beginning. This is where I, that's the start. Like, it started when I was little. So, yeah, man, when I was a little kid, stuff like that. Cooking dinner for my mom when she went back to school. I had to be like, I think I had to be like eight or nine years. I had to be nine years old when I first started cooking dinner for my family. So I would cook dinner. It was nuts. Uh, you know, trying to figure out how to take the meat out the freezer, thaw it out. Because at first it used to be a thing. We think she going to come home and cook. No. like mm-hmm. <laughs> You guys didn't make something? I guess you're going to sleep. That's just water and br- bread for dinner. Like, if there's bread, you better you better drink a bunch of water. You know, hope you better eat two lunches tomorrow. Like, you know what I'm saying? So eventually had to get past that. So I had to figure out how to make rice, which was an ordeal. Had to figure out how to make beef. Like, I used to make these meat lumps. Like, literally, like meat lumps. Not a cheeseburger, not a hamburger, just a lump of meat. And I used to make, and then when I got real advanced when it, when I was around 10 or 11, I made gravy with it. So it was like, you got your little mixed vegetables frozen, you know, because my mother didn't do canned vegetables, which is a good thing that she instilled in me. My brother don't eat canned vegetables because it's sodium. Um, mm. And then she said, take the mixed vegetables, like lima beans and something gross, which I hate, but it's all we got, so we eating it. Some carrots, again, I, don't, I hate, I love carrots, but I hate frozen carrots. Mix it all up in a pot, and then you got your rice or some, um, they used to get us the little, the little free giving away uh, mashed potatoes that come in a packet. And I remember mm. they used to be the powder ones. So that shit, that stuff was nasty, bro. Like it, it tastes like potatoes, but you know it ain't no potato. Like this, this mm-hmm. tastes like potato, but this ain't potato. Like what is this? Why does why does get why does it get thick like that? What is that? 
So I remember that one. I mean, I, I was on that. We was on that stuff for a long time. I remember they gave us the little pellets that was actually potato compressed. That was different. That was legendary. So I remember I used to make the request when you go get the little food from the place, man. Make ask if they got the pellets. Don't get the uh, powder. Get the pellets. And she's like, it's a difference. I'm like, yeah, it's a big difference. <laughs> it's a big difference. <laughs> so to make that or some mashed potato or make some rice, some creamy rice, because I didn't know you supposed to wash your rice before you cook it, so mm. it just be starchy. But you know the starch. Bro, that, that make you fuller. So it was like, it's a, in, the little, in the long one, it worked. And now it's like, mm-hmm. I would never. But back then, it made you fuller. So I'm going to make it with the extra starch in it. And then I just make the little bread with the gravy, man. And I used to eat that. We used to eat that. And we used to crush it. Like, it was good. Like, you get a little meat lump. I get a meat lump. My mom get a meat lump. She used to prefer me make that over her cooking. Like, so it's like, then I've got the responsibility of cooking. You know what I'm saying? And washing mm-hmm. your own clothes. Wash my own clothes. And I was... It's second grade, you know? So it's like, I've been doing stuff, cleaning the house. Like, me and my brother used to take turns cleaning different parts of the house. I've been doing that since I was in second grade. So it's like, just responsibilities have always been upon me and to be almost an autonomous individual that's able to operate without the help of a woman doing the more domestic things in my life. It's been a fact of life for me for a long time. So it's like, when I meet a partner and they see the way I move, they think it's weird. But it's like, nah, you, you don't understand. This is not something I had to figure out in college. This is something I've been doing since my whole life. So if you coming in mm-hmm. and trying to tell me, oh, you, you're Chris, you're obsessive. I am not. This is generally what you do to keep your place clean. You know what I'm saying? Like you need to sweep, sweep for a sweep once a week. You should wash your dishes every day. Take out the trash. Anytime there's food, you should fold your clothes, make up your bed, brush your hair, wash your body. Like these are things you should do at least every day. So just to maintain and keep things up. So you keep up the appearance of, <laughs> of, of organization and respect in your life. So mm-hmm. I say all that to say, yeah, man, since I was a little you know, a young, a young grasshopper, I've been doing that. So yeah, man. Yeah, I think I, it was instilled in me, not these exact words, but like agency and efficacy. You know, I always, I talk about that, those two words a lot, because I think we struggle as people with those, like to understand the sense of control that we have, which is agency and efficacy, knowing how effective you can be doing something. And my mom, she was a homemaker. She took care of all seven of us. Uh, My dad was out doing his work. Um, He was a janitor. at a famous uh, racetrack in LA, Hollywood Park is no longer exists, but it was a dope spot for all the you know adults that was in LA. It was a dope spot, and so I was, I was number six, or I am number six. And being the second youngest and having older siblings, you know, a lot of times you got to fight for scraps. <laughs> they got to eat. Everybody got to eat. You know, it's, it's basically at any point anywhere between seven and nine people in the house, mm. right? Depending on who's home. So, you know, you're fighting for scraps. And my mom got sick at a certain point where she was in and out of the hospital. She was down bad for some time. And so we had to grow up a little bit. We had to grow up really fast because pops was working, mom was in the hospital. And I remember one of the first things I had to learn how to cook was a was a was a top ramen. Mm. And bro, we we went to the store, we bought the top ramen, because that was what we was pretty much eating, like top yeah. ramens and hot dogs. We throw hot dogs. And all, yeah, for me, protein. Yeah, yeah bro, that, 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 that's, that's what it was. It's still it. hit. Amazing. Amazing. It's still hit. So I remember I tried to make my own, and I, I this is funny. I'm connecting this dot now. I don't really like to read instructions. I just like to get to it. This, mm. That's how I'm impatient. So I just threw the top ramen in the microwave, put it on two minutes, Warm that joint up. Yeah, look at your face. <laughs> fire. Ladies and gentlemen, that's called fire. That's called fire. Ladies and gentlemen, that's called fire. Go ahead. So dead ass. Um, 
the the cup of noodle had or the top not the top ramen because I don't want to mix up my brands here. Top ramen <laughs> had a black mark in the center of it, just like smoking. It, and I was like, oh yo. So you know what I did, Chris? I had to throw that out. Mm-hmm. That was one L. My mom ain't there, and nobody else is there to really like keep yeah. tabs on me. So I take another top ramen down. And then I put a little water in it. And when I say a little water, I mean a little water. I put a little water in it, threw it back in the microwave, and the joint didn't cook all the way because I literally filled up just one third of the cup of the top ramen. And I was like, man, this thing come out right. So instead of filling it up with more water and running it again, Chris, what did I do? Throw it away. I threw it away. I waste two. Always too. My mama would have beat the hell out of me. I'd have been beat my mama out. wasn't there. But I'm telling you, when, when my mom discovered it, I'd have been beat. Like, if, what we had five, because you know, so I'm, not to interject in your story, my mother used to count the food. Like, she would count the things. Mm-hmm. So it's like she would, she'd be like, there was this many that in there. What happened? Like, it's cause, you know, once she showed us how to cook, man, I, me and Kego was off to the races. Like, what the fuck? We're not waiting on you. You goofy. We about to go eat some of this food, man. <laughs> you know, so we know how you giving up. You be sleep to two o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon, eight o'clock at night. Man, man waiting on you. We ain't going to eat. So listen, <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I, I feel so. So then I took down a third one. I read the instructions and it was all from there. It started with top ramen and then I fell in love with potatoes so this is hilarious the 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 parallels in our because we ain't talk about this prior yeah. <laughs> right and I think this is the first time we talking about this together yes. so yes. potatoes became everything for me and if you my siblings listen to this you my friends listen to this so my people as you know me and french fries like is like we're inseparable right and so that's when my love for potatoes came up and I had to learn right and I'm throwing them in the grease burning myself because I'm just like you know throwing the potatoes in the grease because I'm only doing what I saw previously uh-huh. so I cut the potatoes up probably cut my hand up just a little bit you know not being exacto with the knife throwing it in there frying it getting it right sometimes over seasoning it getting super salty food so, you know you had to work through those and my mom was probably in and out of the hospital for about a good part of like between I'd say 18 months to three years, like kind of just in and out, just yeah. kind of dealing with her health. And that was a point would be, I think it was between the ages of like eight and 11. So like late, like elementary into like early middle school where you pretty much had to figure it out. Yeah. And I don't want to say that that was the point where I had to be on my own. Cause honestly I wasn't, my mom came back into the picture. She's around full time. She handled a lot of those responsibilities. The challenge was I had already developed my own sense of independence. So <laughs> we'll talk about this a lot around the holidays. When she started to cook food again, I would say, nah, I don't want that. I want this. And so it took my mom a while to make that adjustment. Like, like what? Kind of like, like what you, like, what'd you say to me? <laughs> and I'm like, nah, I don't want to eat that. I don't, I don't want that. I'll make my own. She was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I'll make my own. Like, I got it. And then from there, I think she was really intrigued though. She was disrespected. She, you know, she could have put hands on me. But I was starting to grow a little bit and she decided to let me rock with it. So I think for a better part of the rest of my life, I was eating French fries every single day. That's crazy. <laughs> with That's something nuts. else. Like maybe like a Farmer John sausage link or something or like my people <laughs> from LA know what I'm talking about. Uh, like I, I would just probably throw some meat there on it and fries. That's pretty much what I, or pizza and fries. Like I always had some combination of French fries and something else. And I ate that for a very long time, bro. Like into my like early 20s. I remember. So, so that was what it was. I will th- I will say, though, from I would say starting in like high school is really where I developed that true independence, because at that point, no one could really steer me. Yeah. No one in my family before me, I graduated high school. Right. Which means no one then did the other subsequent things that I've gone on to do. So at that point, 
I'm in rare air as it relates to my family, right? No disrespect, but that was just the situation. So no one could really tell me anything, <laughs> right? So as I'm going through ninth and 10th and 11th grade, and I'm getting closer to this idea of going to college, which I knew I wanted to do back in like sixth grade. I knew way back when I knew I wanted to, I, people said they went to school. So I was going to go because it was not here in the home. It was not in LA. So I was like, yeah. I need to go somewhere else. So that was the path to go to college. And so at that point, my mom didn't really have any advice for me related to education and career and all that. All she really wanted me to do was just take care of myself yeah. and just be straight. So what she instilled in me when it talked about like that agency and efficacy, she was just like, you got to go do what you got to do. You know, be a good person. And I probably mentioned it on the show before she gave me three rules when I was growing up. She said, I need you to graduate high school. Mm. I need you to not join a gang. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I need you to not get a girl pregnant. Yeah. If you can do those three things, I'll be happy with you. Mm. And so I've always joked and said that was a pretty low bar for me. <laughs> but I actually think that was a pretty solid bar for a lot of people in my circles and in my neighborhood, right? Because a lot of them gangbang. And a lot of them had kids early. And a lot of them ain't graduated from high school. So <laughs> if, that was the, if that was the minimum for my mom, probably the maximum for her, because I don't think she thought I was going to go off and do what I've done, she was really happy that I had accomplished those things. Mm-hmm. And so I'll say to answer the question directly, bro, I don't think it was really until college where I had to put together the pieces and you knew, you know me throughout my college career. Mm-hmm. I had real growth and learning and I've they done did. a lot of growing since college, yeah. right? The fundamental values are still there. The morals, the ethics are still there, but how I come through are more magnified as it relates to my structure as it relates to my efficiency, as it relates to my accountability, that has intensified. But a lot of the shortcomings I had, <laughs> I've, I've shedded those. Just like, like how I talked about my my my, my nutrition or like mm. my fitness or like so, so certain things, I've kind of shedded those bad things. But yeah, bro, I would say it probably wasn't until my early to mid twenties that I was really like, okay, I, I'm out here and I really got to do this. I yeah. really got to do this. So yeah, it was leaving home and saying, okay, I don't have anything in bc i don't have anything yeah. here when i left la and that's when i had to figure it out but i think the beauty was i met people like you yeah, right. <laughs> where i was just like we we would joke about this i always thought i grew up poor like yeah. and i i grew up <laughs> you know in section eight housing but it was la it was solid and you know we struggled with food like i'm telling you top ramen yeah. was the food that's what it yeah. was uh, but i also never went like hungry i never really you know had those kind of nights where you know, I wanted fast food, but we had to get the food that was on the table. It wasn't the greatest food, but we at least had food on the table, right? And it was seven of us, and we all had food. We all had water. We was all straight. Man, we I all was rich. Sleep. I was rich. Wealthy. <laughs> Apparently, I learned that I was wealthy. I was in the 1% of, of, of lower class America. Yes, bro. <laughs> and, yes. and when I met you, I was, it, it, it made me feel ungrateful. And I said this on this podcast before. Yeah. Like When I met Chris, and he told me about his situation, I was like... <laughs> How you, how you get here, bro? <laughs> like, literally, how you get here? here? <laughs> how you get here? How? What you mean? What you mean? You did what? What? Where are you from? What? How you get here? You alive? You don't sell drugs? I'm you're, like, not, you're not super racist. You're not a Muslim. You're not. You're not the nation. All right. You ain't been to jail. Because no Chris practice. is like no beef, no pork. And I'm like, oh, okay, you wilding right now. Like, what you eat? First of all, and then I was like, you Muslim? <laughs> like what? Like the, And then the rigid nature of Chris. And we already talked about the bad yeah. situation where you couldn't sit in this room. So I learned so much about Chris in such a short amount of time because we were good people right off the rip yeah. that it was just like, okay, maybe maybe I didn't have the, a terrible life growing up. Maybe, maybe it was a solid life. That said, I want more. 
I, I want more of what I'm pursuing and what I have, but I, I just had a little bit more context on the different types of upbringings people had. And I had an appreciation for mine and I absolutely respected you for yours, for you to get to where you got. So I, I remember the first time when one of my friends, house, me and Kiego, like, you know, when you little, you don't really know what it's like when people have parents, because everybody basically get treated the same, at least you think. So it was like, mm-hmm. I just thought certain things were normal, you know, like, oh, when I'm thirsty, I have to go get some water. Okay. Or when I'm hungry, I have to go ask for something to eat. And then it's like, <laughs> you go to your friend's house for the first time, y'all start hanging out with each other, and you just see that their parents just make food. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> 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 they, it's like it's like the kids, they not thirsty, they just, get brought, they just get brought snacks. They just get brought food, get brought water, get brought juice. It's like, y'all just, wait, y'all mom just bring y'all stuff? Like, off the off rip, she's like, yeah, they, she know we 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 been in school all day. She know I'm gonna be thirsty. She bring it cause she know. And I was like, so your mother don't ask you to like bring her stuff. I was like, she's like, no, my mother don't ask me to do nothing. I was like, what? What you mean? You don't got bring? You don't got wash your mother clothes? You don't got give your mother a massage or nothing like that? They was like, nah. I was like. Yeah, me neither. You know what I'm saying? But then you learn real life. <laughs> nah, man, this shit ain't normal, bro. What you mean? I got to rub your feet. Like, what? What you talking about? You've been in the house all day. What do I, what, what the am I rubbing The other side feet? of that is when you could go into your own cabinet and get, you know, snacks out the cabinet, right? Because there was plentiful snacks in that joint. I would go to my folks' house, my boy's house, and they would just have, it would just be a different experience. And I'll tell you the craziest one is like, we got to high school. My boy, Rome, I ain't gonna lie, bro lived in like a low-key palace. He was like yeah. the house everybody liked to crash at. Like, but man, like they had, first of all, they had a house, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was him, moms, he had a young sister, his family eventually grew, but Rome had, he had the pad, it was laid, like it was solid. And so that's when I also really learned Right, that some of us were in different situations. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yeah. and, and Rome was still one of my best dudes to this day. He's my guy. And again, we he would always be happy to host. But I'll tell you, when we showed up, we ate all the goddamn snacks. We ate all the goddamn food. And his mom and dad at some point was just like, yo, you got to tell your homeboys, they're going to have to eat before they come over here <laughs> because they're eating up all the goddamn snacks. Yeah. Yeah. We used to do that with my homie Benjamin. Uh, in high school, we met Benjamin. We ain't know, you know, Benjamin was cool people, bro. Um, yeah, we used to go over his house because it was like he lived in a man. He lived out in Bowie. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you know okay. that. You know that's yes, at Maryland, yes. Bowie. So it's I like, went out there once in college and I was like, this is too far. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, yes, but it's like where the fancy black folks live. Like you yes. live in Bowie. Oh, y'all are fancy. Y'all are rich. So I mean, we walked in his house, all of us, we you know we from Anacostia, from Southeast, Northeast. You know, we, you know, it's all it's always just five of us in college, in high school, or whatever. So, you know, we walk in and I remember they first of all, we had to get picked up at the metro station. And then, then the mother picked us up in the S, in the expedition, you know what I'm saying? The blacked out oh. expedition, murdered out rims, tents, all that. We like, what? So, cause we see Benjamin, you know, we don't think, you know, he just said like one of us, you know, he was South Pole in Mecca. Like he not dressing to the nines or nothing. He, his shoes don't be nice. You know what I'm saying? Like he's like, a, mm-hmm. you know, he'd be dusty looking sometimes. It's like, but that's my man. So I'm gonna be still hang out with him cause he mad time to say you funny, he cool peoples. So we like, man, we thinking we thinking it's about to be something else. And then she pull up in the escalator. We like, what? This is how you get picked up every day? And he was just being quiet. And then we get in a joint and then we drive off. And so she just pick us up from the station because we sleeping over for us at his sister house. So we pull okay. up, 
to the house and the house, the last house on this enclave of houses. Like it's in the cul-de-sac, but it's like the last house. So we pull up, we like, so we walk into the small house, like, oh, cause it's a double garage. Like it's two, it's two, there's the garage extra wise, a big body garage. So we like walk into the house to the left cause it's smaller, like thinking this must be where y'all live. She's like, no, 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 it's this one. And it's the big ass house. The house big, bro. Like yeah. the, the house just big. It got the little big window in the front. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking at the I'm like, God damn, this house big as hell. And it got like hedges and stuff. Like it looked nice. Mm. I'm like, yo, this ain't nice as the mug, bro. So we walk into the joint. It's a chandelier. No lie, bro. It's because it's, it's near Christmas time. They got a Christmas tree that go up from the first floor to the second floor. I said, oh, Benjamin, this how you live? <laughs> This how you live, Benjamin? Because he used to be seeming so sad and in his feelings, you know, having lamentations and gnashing of teeth all the time. Just look like he's going through it at home. And we mm-hmm. looking around his nice-ass house. They got the little black people paintings all around. You know what I'm saying? There's food in the fridge. Like, you go in the kitchen, it's just stocked up. It's stocked. Like, to me, it's stocked up, bro. It's stocked up. They got, it's nothing you want. The cookies, pies. no pallets, no powder, bro, none no, of that. None of that. Some real potatoes, real, you know what I'm saying? Real milk, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, real meat, you know, like meat, meat, like cuts. Now, not ground beef or ground turkey, you know what I'm saying? Not no lima beans, man. They got actual vegetables in this joint. I'm like, this, this, this man is living. This man is living, living. He's living, living. Then we go down to the basement where they have us, and it's the fine china dinette, a big couch, tables, ping pong table, type of pool table type situation, and a big screen TV. Screen TV big as hell. It's bigger than the TV we got at school. We play the game in school. It's a big screen TV. That TV in his house bigger than that TV. And I said, this is what you, this is how you live. This is how you live. Oh my God, I ain't never, I'm always coming over here. I was like, listen. And then, and then I remember that was a genuine consistent. Like none of us wanted to have a sleepover then. He's like, man, we have a sleepover. We stay my way. We coming over here. You ain't, no, ain't coming to my house. Disrespect me and my family like that. You ain't gonna disrespect us. All this, all this abundant shit I got. I'm, I'm trying to have a good time. We have a sleepover. I'm coming over here. So that just became the move. Like we would come over Benjamin house and try to plan it. You know, oh, it's too late to go home. So we might as well sleep over. Like that's how we used to plan it. Like, oh yeah, we should go to the movie at 9.30. And, uh, in Merlin, and uh, we'll just figure out how to get out there. So we had to figure out how to get out to Merlin, and then we'd just be out there late enough, go stay at Benjamin's house. Like, yes, because his mother would come and bring breakfast, like real live breakfast. Like she would come downstairs with food, drinks, snacks, mm. like stuff like that. And I remember saying that, and I was just like, no, man, it must be nice, bro. And then you gotta go back to your, your you know, to poverty. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, I was going back to my apparently my three star living. I was I was going back to my three star living. Yeah, man, you was living you was living in the, in, a, in, a, in the Hampton Inn, and Benjamin was living at the, the St. Regis, the Ritz Carlton, and I was living, you know, you know, and I, and I'm not saying I'm not thankful for what my grandmother and my mom did. You know what I'm saying? They was doing the best they could with the money they had to feed two giants, like me and my brother, mm-hmm. over six feet easily over 220, 30 pounds at the time. Like, it's hard to feed us, you know what I'm saying? So, like, when we moved to our grandmother, it was a little bit more amenable, you know what I'm saying? You know, it was mm-hmm. a little bit more, the, 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 what's that called? The, uh, what do you call it when you're living in a community? The things you got paid for? Oh, uh, like HOA fees? The amenities, the amenities. Amenities? Were, yeah, the amenities was better at my grandmother's house, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? They had cable, you know what I'm saying? It was clean clothes every week, you know what I'm saying? You know, stuff like that. It was food in the fridge, you know what I'm saying? Juices, you got biscuits, you know what I'm saying? You got love, you got support, you know, stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? When I was living with my mom, man, it was like living in a shelter for real. It was a men's, it was a group home. It was a men's shelter. <laughs> You know what I'm saying it was everybody for themselves. You better bring ain't no tissue in the house. You better when you go to school, you better bring home some tissue. I, I don't have any money. You better bring home some tissue because I got my tissue. Mm. What? What you mean? I'm a child. 
Oh, you better have some. You got to figure it out. You got steel tissue from the school. You got hopes nobody catch you. You got the big ass pallet tissue in your backpack. Like, where your backpack hanging today, Chris? I don't know. Leave me alone. Shut up. You don't know what's going on with me. You don't know me. The the tough part about that, Chris, is that my mom would threaten us with stuff like that because it was always said, oh, you think you grown. Oh, you think you grown. Oh, okay. I'm going to show you what it means to be grown. And the first thing that she would teach us with was the bathroom. Because it was like, you know, you had four of us using the same bathroom and then another couple of us, actually six of us were using the same bathroom. So six rolls of tissue paper about to go out in like a week. Like it's just about to go, right? Because you, you got a body in there every other second. And I remember we ran out of tissue and she'd be like, yes, yeah, so what y'all gonna do? I got mine. And I was like, like oh, <laughs> just go but my mom, though, at the core is too sweet for that, bro. And we would end up getting a talking to Right. We get her talking to and then maybe like an hour or two later, she'd make you struggle a little bit, maybe a couple hours. And then she would come with the tissue. Right. And then look at you and then like walk away. So she starved y'all for tissue, bro. Mom starved y'all for tissue. I'm not going to lie. She she told us in the morning. There is no tissue in the house. I have my tissue. So when you get home, if you ain't got no tissue, you don't got no tissue. And my mother's not someone to mentor words. <laughs> so I knew she wasn't playing. Like I, so I just immediately was like, "Yo, I got to get some tissue." And I remember we was walking home about to leave, and I was like, "Kid, did you get your tissue?" I was like, "He was like, what?" I was like, "Did you get some tissue, bro? You gonna need some tissue, bro." And I was like, "I right, don't forget about forget. I got some." Bro. <laughs> so it became a thing. Like when we saw again our little checks and whatever from um, working a little nonprofit stuff, we would make mm-hmm. sure to buy tissue and then hide it in our room so that our mom couldn't get it. So that but we would have it so that when it was time, if she did that, we would have actual tissue that we bought as opposed to having to steal it from the school. So it like mm. became a thing. Like when people be like, oh, Chris, you look. Nah, bro. It was different, bro. It was different. You know, we got to buy your own tissue. You had to buy your own toothpaste. You had to buy your own toothbrush. You had to buy your own soap. Since I was like 11, like 10 or 11. Like that's a thing for me. So it's like when people be like, Chris, how you know I go grocery shopping? I've been grocery shopping since I was nine. Like my mm. mom used to take us and make us see how you shop. And it's like, and as I got older, I realized how she shops is not a, a real way to shop because it's not really shopping, it's surviving. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're picking the, whatever is the cheapest thing. And it's like, nah, but I like things. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be always having to pick the cheapest everything. You know, I want some, I want, I want to use, I don't want to use um, Aquafresh. I want to use Colgate. You know what I'm saying? I want to use the, the white people toothpaste. That's what I want to use. I want to use the Crest. I don't want to use Aquafresh. I want to use Almond Hammer with extra baking soda. Why I got to use that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I want to buy mouthwash. My grandmother got granted got mouthwash in her house. How come we ain't got no mouthwash? You know what I'm saying? I only use mouthwash over and I can over here, my closest thing mouthwash. I take this this toothpaste, put it in my mouth, chew it up, and then add water. That's mouthwash over here. Why is it like that? <laughs> my, mouth, my mouthwash can't be smooth. Why I gotta have like gristle in my mouthwash? You know what I'm saying? Why this tastes like it's chewed? It's pre-chewed. Why well, I don't want this. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> so, you know, those are struggles, you know, stories of poverty with Chris. Um, and that's why I live the way I live. You know, <laughs> and I see that. And I think there's remnants of our our childhood and upbringing <laughs> that really still shines bright to this to this day. And yeah. I, I think it's when we tell stories to folks and they're just like, oh, really? Like, that's how that happened. And they're like, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's that's what life was. That is to say, if I probably talk to a lot of people I went to school with who I do not associate with these days, they probably give me a, a run for my money. So <laughs> especially grew up in the PJs, grew up in the different neighborhoods. And I'm just like, yeah, you know what? I knew my mom had her shit together. She struggled. 
but she had her shit together, which allowed me to keep my shit together to get but to where used, I'm at today. That used to make me so mad, though. You'll see a kid every day dressed up to the nines, haircut all the time, shoes, mm-hmm. dress, you know what I'm saying, Gene, looking clean, and he won't be bad. Stupid. And it's like, I used to think that it used to make me a little, it used to bother me. I was like, man, you got somebody in your home that's at least really taking like taking care of you enough to make you show you look presentable. It's like, I got to do this for me. Like, I remember people used to join on me and my brother for all shoes because we ain't had no joys. No, I remember the first time I got a pair of Adidas in real life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like an actual name brand. And it was a thing because I remember everybody, was, we, I remember me and Kevin couldn't wait to show everybody around the way on the farms. We was like, oh man, wait till they see our shoes, man. They got some Adidas, man. These ain't no, you know, no type Payless type Jones. This ain't no Airwalk, no, uh, what's that, Jane? The, the <laughs> waterproofs. Like we used to wear the boots. It was food boots or some waterproof boots. Like they not yeah. real brands. You know what I'm saying? So I used to buy our own clothes and I remember I used to let people know. So people, used to, people always wonder why I'm not Joan. It's because you had to be vicious. So I, so you say something about me because there's a lot to talk about. Man, listen, I got to be vicious. I ain't got time to be going back and forth with you. I gotta, I'm got i attacking your self-esteem immediately. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like when I said the other day, you can't read your mom crackhead. That's not because I want to say those things. <laughs> it's because I need to get this over with. Like, bro, I'm going I'm going out the big guns, out the, out the gate. You know what I'm saying? You ugly, you stink, and your mother probably getting banging and teaching you still failing. Oh my God, why would you say it? Because, man, I need this to be over. I don't need you looking up and down and saying how I look a, a fool. Like, I look a fool right now. And he's, and he's, you know, my, my feet too big, my legs too little, my head's too long. Like, what we doing? Like, I don't need you to look at that. So, it was a thing, bro. It was a thing. And then you see these kids out here all dressed up, parents working, doing all this stuff to support them. And they struggling. They don't want to be in school and being bad. And it's like me, I'm not totally the opposite. Ain't nobody really, you know, my mom loved me and all that. You know what I'm saying? I know that she was doing the best she could and all that. But at the same time, it's just like the support wasn't there. Like, do my homework. I got. I just got to do it. I don't know. She ain't going to check it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then if she do check it, I'm keeping it a beam, man. It might be wrong. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we all had that experience. You bring your paper to your mom. Mom, could you read this? She reading it. Yeah, it look good. You get, you get to school thinking it's right because your mom right over it. It's, it's wronger. Like, wait, <laughs> wait. And then you show the teacher, well, I had this at first. And she like, yeah, that one better. Yeah, that must be the one your mother helped you with. And you got to laugh so your mother don't look crazy. Yeah, that's the one she helped me with. <laughs> no, it's not. That's the one I wrote by myself because I pay attention. Okay, now, and then now I know. You know what I'm saying? So it's a thing, man. You got to be, I don't know. Independence is a thing with me. That's just why I, I expect so much of people because I had so much expected of me. So it's like, people mm-hmm. like, oh, you expect you expect so much of people. You put so much pressure. No, I don't. It's just, it's what's, that's basic, man. This is basic stuff I'm asking you. <laughs> And, and Chris, I think that's a good place to start to wrap this up too, because that's also why I hold people to the standards that I do. Because I'm like, I know what it looks like. I, either I went through it or I have close friends who went through it and they got to this space in their life. So I know that it can be done. It's not a bootstrapper mentality. It's just like, yo, the excuses that you make for the things that you don't do, I'm not here for it at all. So like, what are we going to do? We're going to buck up and get on or we going to stay home? Like, so what we gonna do so hey yo man i think we could talk for hours about um our upbringing we should probably i feel like we should we should probably do this more often okay i think we should do this more often all right we'll see you know what i'm saying trying to put all my sob stories out there people feeling sorry for me and all that you know what i'm saying it might make sense why you start saying all the wild shit that you do say on this podcast they might have some context they might give you might show you a little grace because of it Man, I don't care. I don't need your grace. I need your respect. That's the only thing I need from you. Your respect, your reference, your respect. People are like, oh man, is it better, is it better to be feared or love? Both. The fuck? I want you to fear that you I want you to fear that you love me so much. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what I want. 
Um, but yeah, man. So like in, in life, man, you sometimes you just gotta make a plan, a plan of action to get out of the, the dregs of society. You know what I'm saying? You you bottom tier, you try to figure out a way to get middle tier, which is a, a big jump. People always think it's easy to go from the bottom to the mid. It's not. It's depending on where you start, because some people be the bottom and then some people the ground. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like <laughs> coming up, yeah. I was the not to say I was the ground, because there's people that was homeless and dealing with sexual molestation issues and type like stuff like that. They got they got psychological damage. You know what I'm saying? My mind was my mind was different. I was I had a strong mentality. You know, so, you know, I was just at the bottom. So, you know, and at times like that, I wish I had something like Moodify, you know what I'm saying? Something to help me to get some direction <laughs> and clarity for where I'm going. Cause I knew where I wanted to go, not necessarily knowing how to get there, but I knew I was moving. That's all I knew I was moving. <laughs> I, you know what I'm saying? Somebody approached me trying to talk some nonsense. Listen, you can do what you want. Call me what you want. I'm going to college. I don't care about this. It's not that deep. I'm going to college. Okay, you understand me? I'm going to college. Like, that used to be my real thing. You know what I'm saying? Maybe maybe you need an action plan to figure out, man, you know what? I want to get my first job so I can go ahead and try and make sure I can get some cool, some cool school clothes for that new week of school. You know, first week, always the week you want to come fresh. You know what I'm saying? And I used to be sad as hell only going fresh for the first day. You know what I'm saying? Like, just the first day. But all my new clothes, I got one pair of jeans, one shirt, one pair of shoes, one, one pair of clean drawers, one pair. You know what I'm saying? I got wash all the drawers when I get home so it's clean next day. You know you know what I'm saying? It's different. So it's like, man, you want to make sure you got a week worth of clothes at least. I used to know kids used to come every day, 30 days straight, new, 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 new. I used to be peanut butter and jealous. At that time, I wish I had some Moodify to help me get a job so I could have knew how to, you know, support myself so I could come 30 days fresh every day. You know what I'm saying? Fresh daily, whole, like whole foods, every day fresh. You know what I'm saying? It's fresh every day. And then at those times, you know, sometimes you need to let people know, I need help. <laughs> I'm struggling. Can someone save me? And that's when you can reach out to Stiffworks. You know what I'm saying? We come up and put you with that good old-fashioned banner, that good old-fashioned poster. You know what I'm saying? Do we do pro bono work? No. But, you know, uh, <laughs> if, you, if you save up your coins, you know, I do take food stamps. I take WIC. I take EBT. You know what I'm saying? You go ahead and slide me that, you know, and I, and I figure it out. We can figure out a little a payment process. Maybe you can be some indentured servitude. Hey, you come around the house, do some, some chores or stuff like that. Make sure you pay down this debt that you done accrued. Try and get this fly out of someone. Will you adopt me? You know what I'm saying? Will you love me? Because there's no one in my house that loves me because I ain't alone. Help me and not me. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that's what you need in your life. And then I can help you figure out how to make you a poster or something. So when the people come to your little shelter and try to pick you up, they can like see that you actually got some business and some, uh, some business and ingenuity about yourself. So you, I can make you a poster or something, man. Hit us up at stiffworks.com, man. That's a podcast, man. Wow. I appreciate you, baby. Appreciate you too, man.